Welcome to Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. I've got maybe maybe my most descriptive shirt on right now. The only shirt that's going to get me through the experience of podcasting the show again. I declare fan bankruptcy. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's what I got to do at this point. It's fail- available, still available on our merch store. And it's future proof because there's always going to be fan bankruptcies to, to, to declare. But yeah, we're we're shambling back like so many rotted corpses, Jim. <laughs> we are. Uh, we're we're back today talking about season nine's premiere, uh, episode one, a new beginning. Could couldn't think of a more apt name for everyone involved, for us, for the show, for Angela Kang's career, perhaps. I don't know. Yep. Yep. What'd you think of this episode? I actually so what two years when this first premiered, I. Um, watch this because i watched the first three episodes because jason over at the the walking dead cast wanted uh, me to, to guest host on it and um you know then we stopped doing it um but uh i watched these first couple episodes to um you know get to the point where he wanted me on which is i think the third episode and i remember i said that you know he asked me like what my opinion is i'm like yeah it does seem like it's better like um there's not as much stupid shit happening things are moving forward like Honestly, I, as a, I was watching this, I'm like, God damn, I, I in another universe where they didn't make a meal of the governor, like a three season meal of the governor, they didn't make a three season meal of Negan. And we were getting to this stuff like in, epi- in like in the sixth season where like the stuff that I've always wanted to see, like, you know, how do you actually rebuild society? There's so many interesting and valid disagreements about like how do you handle a place like the sanctuary? What is Hilltop's uh, a thriving community in Hilltop's obligation to help out other struggling communities? How does Alexandria, you know, how does Rick's cult of personality in Alexandria, uh, Alexandria continue to stitch together the post-apocalyptic community? You know what happens when people stop surviving and start thinking about ways they can continue to thrive, reform some kind of basis of government. All that stuff is super fucking interesting so much more interesting than sweaty people marching through the forest getting their faces bashed in by baseball bats again and again and again Mm -hmm. i and that if they had gone that way in the show i don't know that we'd ever stop covering it so it's like it was kind of bittersweet to see like ah damn this thing's finally morphed into the show that i wanted it to be and we stopped covering it and you know two years distance i was surprised at how much affection i had for like the characters and there's just enough goofy walking dead. Like, I, I don't know about that set piece of like pushing a 300 year old uh, wagon across a glass ceiling to because what their blacksmiths it's, can't make an axle. I, I was going <laughs> to say, it's not it's not the, the scene that bothered me. It's the whole concept of it. But yeah, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, but even then in so that's like the the dangling glint over a well zombie. But they the, the purpose of them actually being there, getting the seed bank um, wa- uh, was actually really smart and like, you know, using libraries and museums to kind of like, you know, figure out how to do some of this stuff. If you don't, you know, have a working copy of something that you can copy like that stuff seems sound and smart. And, and I, I liked it. I, I liked seeing these these characters that I'd known so well, um, you know being able to do kind of smart things and work together. I I was, it was kind of a treat, honestly, Uh, mostly whole, uh, mostly positive on the balance. what do you think, Jim? Oh, I I fired up the episode 
and I, I hit pause because I wasn't quite ready uh, to start <laughs> taking my notes yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, mentally, emotionally, all of it. Right, uh, right. I had to really brace yourself. I did. And I looked down the bottom right corner and I saw it was 58 minutes long. And I thought, <laughs> oh, shit, that's without commercial breaks. Uh-huh. And, and my heart just sank. And I thought, oh, God, <laughs> what am I in for? Uh, and I, winning me over was going always going to be an uphill battle. Uh, but I think they mostly did it. Like you, I... I have I don't have any huge objections to this episode, and I think actually it's setting up a lot of what you mentioned as really interesting tension between the communities, um, all that stuff with Maggie and Gregory. I thought was you know maybe <laughs> it's tough to build anything firm off the shaky legacy and foundation of this show, but it seems to me that they have salvaged the little bits that at least I remember you know, being somewhat fond of in this show. Uh, And they're taking those and they're starting to construct a different show, perhaps Um, one that is more reliant on interactions between people um, being not just completely ridiculous um, characters. Although they, they fall into some of the same tropes. Like a kid is introduced we we've always we've always complained about this show not mm-hmm. giving characters any due until the episode that they're killed right. and this show introduced as as best i remember i like the, so i will say my memory of this show is very spotty i haven't thought about this show for even half a second in 2 years so forgive me if this kid is like a major player in season 8 and i just don't remember him but this kid who right. dies it is just like a character, as far as I'm aware, that's invented for this episode and murdered this episode and is just used as, you know, fodder for these other characters. And I guess that's fine, but they linger. They linger so long and they they kind of rely on the emotional impact of that to to make you understand, OK, this, there is a huge divide forming between people in these communities. And I, it would have been more effective if that character was somebody that we loved. But I, I think on yeah. the whole, they did a pretty good job because it's, you know, a generally um, sympathetic thing, right? Or empathetic at the very least where yeah. this family lost their kid. Of course, they're going to be sad about it. Of course, they might take their anger out on the people who they see responsible for it. Um, a lot of good stuff there. And yeah, that- and it's it's also kind of, I thought, surprisingly resonant. Some of that stuff. Um, there's a little echoes of like the essential worker concept. Okay. You know, uh-huh. like uh you know this uh he didn't have, we didn't have to put him out there to die, but he's an essential worker, but like you know that that's kind of had some fresh relevancy because of all this COVID-19 bullshit. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's that's the thing. It's like I'm I I agree. Throwing Kin the uh, the apprentice blacksmith in here. Like maybe if they even went with Boston Rob, like you know, it's like I knew him from the, you know, the his his philosophical oh. debates in in his prison cell, you know. Right. Hey, uh, uh, but but like, but then again, he doesn't have parents, and they needed parents, and they hadn't established parents. A better show would have, you know, like you know, two or three seasons ago, started establishing him as a minor character that we cared about. Yeah, no, they didn't. And, and um, I can't really blame anybody for that because the people who are to blame for that. Have are gone. left the show, right? Have they moved, went to have they, moved they on went to, to destroy other parts of the Walking Dead franchise? <laughs> yeah, they killed Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, right, right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't blame them too much for that. They had to they had to work with what they've had to work with. 
Yeah. But um, given, given all that, I thought it was a pretty valiant uh, a try. Um, it is. There, there's still yeah. a lot of bullshit that we'll talk about. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. real silly. But maybe we should get to that. Let's do it. All right. Um, we start off with a tour of Alexandria and the sanctuary. We see a lot of like the infrastructure they're building um, with solar panels and windmills and crops, uh, bad crops, dying corn. Uh, but you can at least use that for fuel. You could probably mm-hmm. use it for some booze. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see short hair Rick. We see Judith getting older, uh, Michonne being a mom. I don't know. We see Jesus I, being absolutely pointless. Absolutely pointless. Jesus, <laughs> he's he's. I mean, he's Morgan two right? Like, in in Morgan was emotionally and morally unable to kill. I feel like Jesus is physically unable to kill. <laughs> Why is that? Because all he's doing is throwing kicks. Like you're <laughs> well, not going to kill Zombie with a kick. But they had a, it was an assembly line thing. He did the spin kick and then, uh, you know, Aaron did the stabby stab to the face. Ah, so vital component I, I think, of that spin kick. I think they're, um, I think maybe they're building that into, I can't remember Jesus' sexual orientation or if they left that uh, vague, but I, I, I wonder if they're building some kind of relationship there between him and Aaron. Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm rooting for Aaron. You know, like uh, later on, Michonne and Rick talk about how like they've lost so much and they deserve a win. Fucking Aaron deserves a win, mm-hmm. and Jesus is a Jesus is a nice guy. Uh, I I hope they they settle down and are happy. But I love this intro because again, this is the shit I've always wanted to see. I love the improvised gates. I love seeing like it looked like they were converting ceiling fans into um, windmills, which I think actually would work. They wouldn't be very efficient, but hell, you got a bunch of them and you got nothing but time and scrap metal. So, so make it happen. Um, I just, yeah, I just thought it was great. And again, you know, like the big sign, welcome to Alexandria. I felt welcomed. I felt welcomed. I felt like a weary traveler. Uh, it's been on the dusty roads for years and I've come back home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like and Dar- also, yeah. holy shit, Michelle and and Rick have so much great chemistry. And I love to see like Michonne, like like really being a mom with little little ass kicker there. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, that sometimes uh, the, the show's not always been super great with child actors, but I thought that they were getting some really nice performances out of these like toddlers um so so kudos kudos i'm glad to see them not being just like a, a little de- thing that they can dangle and endanger although little herschel little herschel got a little bit of that treatment mm-hmm. got a little bit of the, the baby in a cooler treatment uh later this episode uh daryl is killing this this real scarecrow i i thought was interesting like yeah you know, he's they're they're kind of falling into the grotesque ways of the past you know like this is some this is so sanctuary to throw up a yeah uh a living undead scarecrow uh daryl killing it i thought was a statement can i ask you this is one thing and maybe this will be a plot point later on but like it's not immediately obvious to me why in the world they don't just take everyone from the sanctuary and move them into alexander the hilltop like maybe ex- you have to expand the walls, but then you got a, you got a ton of labor. Um, wh- instead of trying to make this, you know, <laughs> trying to sow seed in this rocky, barren, oil-soaked, you know, polluted ground, mm-hmm. why not just take like what is so special about the damn factory they've got? There's got to be tons of compounds within their ranging area that have fences, and but maybe not. Um, well, it's a set they've already built, so. 
I, I think yeah, that's true. part of it. But so is the hilltop. Like if it's just like a story uh, instead of like, well, they they got a bit. Maybe maybe the hilltop doesn't want them there because like I could see that. Like you know, it was like if suddenly Saviors outnumbered hilltop two to one, yeah. or Alexander, maybe that's the problem. But I wish they'd kind of talked about the politics of that because um, I find that stuff really really fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's and, amazing how vague they were, given that this episode is pretty much all about that. Like there's yeah. you know the the graffiti that we see. There's the parents who lose their son who you know question is it all worth it for these people who have been so rotten um are they redeemable like all all of those questions i think are in there and yet they're not directly addressed head on i think we will get to that here in in this season i hope yeah me too uh then they head into dc to go to i guess i want to say this is a smithsonian national museum of natural history where they're they're trying to do something we'll find out later what it is and they're clearing mm-hmm. walkers as they go boy this the the walkers uh i feel like there's a real revitalization like so, even these 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 uh these zombies are looking pretty tired and mm-hmm. like these are some pretty haggard you know first generation zombies have been shambling around for a couple of years uh like the one that had the jaw hanging loose mm-hmm was so fucking cool and then we're going to get I, my favorite zombie maybe in the entire damn series is going to be in this this next couple of scenes the the spider face zombie oh okay that's that's uniquely designed to trigger every one of my nightmares holy shit all right holy shit uh so you're the dude who you know confronts it and freaks out about oh. the spiders not the zombie also did you did you skip the credits you bastard yeah uh, did you watch certainly. them Oh, man, because like the credits this year are really cool. They're in this like very comic booky scary stories to tell in the dark style. And they keep flashing between like, you know, the tree where, you know, Rick and Negan had their standoff. And it's kind of like this dead looking tree. But then like the music cue changes and it like flourishes into green. And then there's like a skull. But then there's like a green vine that grows through it. And like one of Daryl's hmm. motorcycles all rusty and then vine. Like it's like this theme of like rebirth and regrowth and re- revitalization. Um, cause the walking dead logo is one of those things where it looks grimier and grimier and grimier over time. Um, and I've always appreciated that stylistic choice, but I really dug how even in this, even in the, the credit sequence, they're telling the theme of like what the season's going to be, which is like a new beginning. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Next episode. <laughs> yeah. So there was, a the opening of this episode when you know they're walking into dc really reminded me of the day of the dead intro mm. um mm-hmm. that that beginning scene where you're just kind of like you're sort of thrown into a, a city that you can see is is ramshackle you know that is uh completely destroyed and then you're kind of zooming out and scope to where you can see the scope of the problem like you start very small um very intimate and you eventually get to where you see, oh, everything is screwed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, as zombie homages go, zombie film homages go, that's a pretty good one. I'm a big Day of the Dead fan uh, and Ramiro in general. Uh, so then we go over to Daryl and some girl. Was she part of Oceanside? I like I'm struggling yeah, to remember I, who most of these characters are at this there's, point. There's a lot of people. Like I don't like. Uh, I think I picked up X Trash Lady. Is name's actual Anne. I don't remember the Oceanside Lady. Uh, there's another like wannabe apprentice uh, blacksmith that's kind of androgynous, and I'm I'm I don't know who they are. I don't know. Uh, there, there's a lot of new faces, um, a lot of old faces that I don't know the names of anymore. We're gonna have to yeah. have to learn as we go. 
so they they just bond over i guess their dead brothers and friends yeah that's a cool nice 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 cool scene where you know you get to talk about uh some old ancient walking dead history daryl and his brother and mm-hmm. you know also kind of like uh because they paint a little dark a bit of a dark picture you know maggie and daryl as of last season had this kind of like dark conspiracy against rick grimes where they're not so sure about him and this this continues to tell this the story and how daryl's you know, Daryl's not fitting in very well in this new this new society, um, and and this this scene kind of articulates a lot of uh, a lot of, of why. Plus, it's starting to cross pollinate the old characters with the new. You know, we all love Daryl. Mm-hmm. Now he's you know having some heart to hearts with this the the the, the quote unquote new Oceanside girl. Yeah, um, and still good. with Carol, like maybe more like heart to heart with Carol than I've seen in a long time with him. So that was yep. cool later in this episode. Uh. I just want to get some things straight. We we point out, you know, flawed uh, scientific basis for things when we see them. And there's a scene mm-hmm. with Gabriel uh, and somebody else. I, I can't remember. Maybe it's... It's Trash Girl. Rosita, Trash Girl. I, I genuinely yeah. did not recognize Jadis. I genuinely did not recognize her. I know she was like... You know her name. Shit. Sub, sub Romulan Commander Jadis. Yeah, I remember it now. Uh, yeah, I, I did not recognize her. So when she was doing all the things and I I read somebody talking about her, I was like, what are you talking... Oh, shit. That's Jadis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's hard to isn't covered in trash. Mm-mm. Uh, but yeah, we we need to point out the the non-scientific basis for de-evolution. It just simply is not a thing. Uh, evolution yeah. is a one-way street. And yes, now, you Jim, can... I've seen several episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation where <laughs> de-evolution is definitely a thing, and that You're is a right science-based show. So, <laughs> well, checkmate, <laughs> evolutionist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just let's clear that up. Let's, let's it make was, sure it's, it was so funny because, like, at first I thought like the show shows the you know progress of man, which mm-hmm. is it's all. It's, it's also kind of not super scientific. You know, the, the idea of evolution is like it got some kind of goal it's shooting for. and It's always going to be more and more complex. Right. Um, and then you had the zombie coming in and walking backwards. And I'm like, huh, that's actually a pretty clever fucking commentary. And then Gabriel comes in and kills it and murders it. And it like gets propped up by at the end of the exhibit as if. And I'm like, oh, man, they're going to fucking really bang it home. But then the two characters have that kind of cute back and forth and remembering that Jadis was kind of like uh, at, at all else, like a modern art fan. Like it, I thought it, it, it won me back over to thinking it was cute again. And Jadis also had a bit of a, a de-evolution herself, if you want to sure. call it that. She went from, yeah, yeah. you know, upstanding citizen to trash person. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, she back might again. be intimately familiar with evolution. Uh so they find what they're looking for, seeds, with the help of uh, Jadis, I guess. I, I'm really, I'm disappointed to see that it's all sorghum and barley, though. Because, <laughs> you know, they already have so much of it. It's heirloom, heirloom sor- sorghum, though. Oh, that's true. It's what true. the fuck is heirloom? What is an heirloom tomato? Uh, so what heir- does that even heirloom mean? just means it's not, it's not been modified. It's not been crossbred with other things, and it's not been uh, genetically modified so it's shittier potentially <laughs> potentially i i don't know i, I don't yeah. know the quality okay. I, all yeah. right well thank thank you because i've always wondered what the fuck is an heirloom tomato or heirloom beans or, or whatever uh and i know yeah. there's a lot of these they kept on saying oh these are heirloom you know uh i had no idea no, no i don't i don't think they're inherently better a lot of people would think so just you know based on the idea that oh they're 
pure somehow, whatever mm-hmm. that means yeah. in terms of yeah. crossbreeding plants. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, no, I've I've seen the pictures of what watermelon used to look like before we started fucking with it, and uh, they were just apples. Uh, yeah, they they they're, they look like they look like green walnuts, and they were ninety nine percent seed and rind. And uh, yeah, I, I like us fucking with plants. I like us, so we should fuck. We should fuck with plants. Should fuck with sorghum. Now don't let sorghum fuck you. You fuck. You fuck sorghum. <laughs> uh, then Maggie's talking with Carol and Michonne about her changed relationship with Gregory and the new status oh, of their oh, oh. governmental systems. Which boy, she couldn't be any any more wrong. About all this. Uh, I thought that she was appropriately skeptical. Um, and I, I love the fact that like fucking Gregory, man, he's the guy that would call for an election that would reconfirm that everyone hates him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also like Carol kind of like uh, jokingly reflects like, yeah, and meanwhile, I'm living with a king. Uh, and it's like, man, that's a lot of competing f- political philosophies. Like. What is it going to look like if Ezekiel ever becomes un, an unpopular king? Also, it's it's also wild that like he has remained this high degree of popularity, even though the kingdom like lost nearly every one of their their fighters of note. Um, although I guess you know like that's that's patriotism, right? Like the the kingdom sacrificed and they won the war, and you know, uh, but but uh, yeah, it's like why wouldn't Ezekiel just call an election and be like, hey yo, is everybody cool with me being king? Yeah, okay, I'm still king. You know, like a like a Queen Amidala from from Star Wars kind of thing, elected elected royal position. Yeah, so they do some fairly interesting stuff here because I I took note of Michonne taking note of the Civil War um, mm. placard or whatever they've got here the. Yeah. You know, the exhibit of the Civil War. Um, she doesn't th- seem thrilled, obviously. And I, I couldn't I couldn't help but think she hasn't had to think about that. It, it, any any of the, the typical like racist ideas in a while, mm. like it's been all about base survival for her for years. And yeah. to be, you know, suddenly smacked in the face with, oh, shit, this is how things used to be um, <laughs> in our society. And. I don't know. They're they're doing some really interesting stuff with that. I thought you know around the idea that we've got to reconstruct a society, right? What type of absolutely society is that going to be? Is it going to have remnants of this old society that was so shitty for so many people? Yeah, uh, I thought it was a I, nice, I, nice little I, intro to that. And I love how subtle it is later when she's you know uh, she's like you don't want to come up with a charter, and Rick's like you you don't you don't want a constitution, and no. she's like let me see uh, the document that literally has that I'm worth three fifths of a person redlined out uh, you know hastily. Nah, nah, fuck the constitution. Uh-huh. We're gonna go with a charter. We're gonna go with a charter, Rick. <laughs> yeah, like it's just subtle stuff like that. Absolutely it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but here's where I start to have problems with the episode. Because they they make the claim that our blacksmith can use this plow mm-hmm. as a template to make more, and they're going to give one to Sanctuary, and everything's going to be happy. It, how, okay, you go to you go to a guy who's got the skills to put pieces of metal together, and you tell him we need a blade with handles on it and straps so we can attach it to something. And the guy goes, oh, I don't fucking know what that is. I have no yeah. idea what that is. Could you give me an yeah. example? Maybe if I had yeah. a template to work off of. Uh-huh. Not to mention, they have a fucking book full of of ancient secrets, right? Like yeah. the old ways. Uh, and somehow they neglected to... 
they introduced the concept of a plow in there and where you could find these things. And yet they Uh don't have any idea how to reconstruct it based on that book. Yeah, no, it's 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 dumb or like I even if they even if they didn't like wouldn't it be because it isn't like uh, Enid isn't Enid like a really good drawing. So someone in someone in Al, Al, could could like sketch something like you're you're right. Like it, I, I could see that like, OK, well, sure, a blacksmith could like fashion a plow based on what he thinks it is. But there's something to be said for, you know, uh, there's 10,000 years of human history that went into the evolution of this particular 19th century plow. Uh-huh. So maybe they've got some tips and tricks about, you know, where you put the balance and where you put the straps and how much you maximize force and, you know, why reinvent the plow. But yes, like why? Why do you have to drag it back? Why do you have to drag like the Constantinoga wagon? Like that's they already had a wagon. What's wrong with their wagon that they got? It's it's mind blowing when they're trying to. Uh, yeah, let, let's move on to the next scene here. They they try to get mm-hmm. a bunch of rotted wood and centuries old rusted metal down the main staircase of this museum, uh-huh. and of course, of course, the Tiger King falls right through the the glass floor. And it takes the strength of 15 people to pull him up. And when he does, he gets a kiss from uh, Carol as a reward for mm-hmm. his idiocy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly didn't remember Tiger King's name. I thought it was Elijah uh, for a while, but I guess it's, no, Ezekiel. I it's Ezekiel. Well, see, I forgot Gabriel's name until you just mentioned it. I was calling my he's, he's the one eyed priest in my notes. <laughs> so like, so I'm going to try to make a defense for it. Uh, I watched this guy, uh, Primitive Technology. Um, you know, he does his thing. He's, he's an Australian. He goes out into the, the outback and he makes like very primitive things. And um, one of the things he did is made arrows and um there's a lot of primitive uh, people like they w- didn't bother to put like tips on it. They would they would actually just kind of like make the wood itself sharp. And there's a lot of evidence that like these ancient peoples used fire like fire. Like, like they, they, they burned the tips in fire. And for a long time, scientists and pale- paleontologists thought that was because, you know, um, fire makes it like hardened, which mm-hmm. is true. But also when they when people actually started putting this to the test, they found it was making it very brittle. So it's actually inferior to just sharpening a stick. But one of the things the 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 paleontol the the primitive technology guy points out is that if you're a guy who's wanting to come up with a quiverful arrows for hunting, it's much easier efficiently from an energy standpoint to have like ten sticks in a fire that you didn't just take out. You can like literally sharpen them by rubbing them on the ground versus taking your knife, which is itself hard to make and keep sharp because it's just a piece of stone and whittle all those individually. So even if they're inferior, it's just like mass producing. Mm -hmm. Saving energy is very important in these kind of primitive conditions. Mm -hmm. Is there an argument that like, yeah, maybe it takes these guys like a day to steal this wagon and this plow, but like it would take the blacksmith weeks to make all the stuff to make that thing from scratch. So maybe it's actually, even though it's shittier and inferior, it's it's net energy and time savings to do it rather than start from scratch. I would think that's true if it wasn't 200 years old. <laughs> yeah. If, if the wood wasn't literally ready to fall out from under whatever yeah. load you put on it. Like, I, yeah. I just don't think this thing is meant to be used at this point. Mm-hmm. It needs to stay in a in a temperature controlled environment just to stay together yeah yeah. so yeah i'm i'm not sure about that the georgia summers are not going to be too kind to this uh colonial especially dc it's a swamp don't ever forget it's a it's a drained swamp oh we find out we can't not remember that later in this episode (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah i i mean it was it was a reasonably tense 
scene, I thought. Uh, the problem mm-hmm. being they are literally taking the longest path across this glass floor. If they had simply taken it down the stairs and done a 90 degree turn to the right or left. Sure. They, yeah. they could have, you know, rolled that thing out on solid stone. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they don't they don't bother. Yeah. They, they just take yeah. it, you know, corner to corner on this glass floor. They got it every season. They got to dangle someone above zombies. It's tradition. It's true. Ezekiel got it this year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, yeah. So let's move on to the journey home. Uh, some kids are mumbling about somebody not liking them. I, I honestly, a couldn't understand what they were saying, but b didn't know who any of these people were or who they were talking about. So this scene didn't really work for me. Uh, um, it was, yep. they were talking about the blacksmith, which they have established at uh-huh. Hilltop. He's not been a big character, but that's the I one. Who, I don't really know him, though. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think I do either. I, but I, I did figure out who they're talking about by context of. And it seems like oh, that's yeah. like the that's the growth industry in Hilltop. Like if you want to you want to get up in the world, you, you want to apprentice with the blacksmith because holy shit, there's lots of smithing to do. Well, that was the thing. I, I expected them to be talking about somebody that they were going to like build this story around. And then. Mm-hmm. It turns out this was just, I don't know, this was just one of those Walking Dead moves where we're trying to give this character anything, any element yeah. of a character in order to kill him later and you feel bad about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Tiger I King think- proposes to Carol, who tells him it's a, it's a bad time to ask. <sighs> Tiger King's got zero chill, but I guess, you know, he's the Tiger King. That that kind of comes as a territory, as we found out <laughs> by the documentary. Like you, the Tiger Kings are just a bad idea. They're unelected. They're unaccountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they get up to bad shit, and they get real uh, cranky when they lose their tiger. They sure do. Um, speaking of bad shit, Daryl's war bike with like the built-in spear holder, I think think is so fucking cool. Like I like the idea of Daryl like uh, tinkering. I was like, you know, I got to get uh, what's the uh, what's the optimum uh, angle to hold a spear? So. Uh, it, it's 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 quick on the draw, and I can. It's 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 really cool. I love uh-huh. him as this like post apocalyptic cavalry. It's very very cool. Yeah, and he you know is clearly the scout going ahead, uh, make sure the path is clear, and it's his uh, natural role. Somebody else is doing it with him. I can't remember who it was though. Yeah, was it Rosita? Maybe, maybe is Rosita still? Yeah, she is still around. I think she's still. around. She wasn't really in this episode, was she? I thought like, she like was. for a couple seconds. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the thing is, I have no idea where everyone's living. I know Maggie's at Hilltop, Rick and Michonne is at Alexandria, and Daryl is at uh, Sanctuary. Um, the Sanctuary, but not happy about it. And Carol is, but but everyone seems like they're in transition, and all the minor characters, I'm not sure, like where Rosita, Eugene seems like he's at the, he's like the factory foreman at the. Uh, at the uh, Sanctuary, but I'm not clear where all the like the B tier players are at. Uh, yeah, but we'll we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, all right, so the bridge is out thanks to a giant herd that came through. They figure out an alternate route and they split the party. But there's another problem: the horses are tired from pulling the wagon through the mud, so they send the horses away and they do the jobs themselves. Uh, they're menaced by a small herd as they pack up their gear and forced to abandon their spoils. 
one of the kids we never got to know gets eaten by walkers and the characters care, but we don't. Um, so zombies destroying a bridge. Like how many dudes do you think you could get on a bridge? That's probably designed, but, but, but it is. So I don't know why they made it. The, the fact that the fucking, um, zombie horde, uh, or herd destroyed it because like, you know, I think they wanted to set up stakes for like why the wagon might be vulnerable, but I believe a herd of zombies can absolutely rip up a wagon. Um, but they do point out something that like this, these works of engineering don't last forever. Yeah. And they're designed to be maintained. And like, if you got a bunch of storms, like I, I believe that a storm could wash a bridge out, especially if it was towards the end of its service life. And, you know, we're a couple years into apocalypse. And there's been no maintenance at all done in these things. Um, that is really cool. That's because like, like they're going to have to start maintaining shit mm-hmm. and not just like food and stuff, but like they're going to have to start maintaining infrastructure as far as how they can get to their back and forth to their outposts and whatnot. And that's a really cool idea. Shaky that a zombie would, like a zombie herd would do it. But mm-hmm. well, I'm just waiting also, for like, later in the season when they decide, OK, we got to rebuild this bridge and they have a two for one opportunity here. They're a in that episode. They're going to set up a character who doesn't know how to swim. And that character is mm. going to get dangled over the edge of the bridge while the zombies are attacking the people who are building the other the bridge again. And that character is going to go in the water. That character is going to die. Mm. Uh, and some other character is going to have to like jump in, save them. They're going to get flushed away and they're never going to be seen again. It's going to be a heat situation. All yeah, they're going to be waving a key card as they... they... <laughs> right. <laughs> Remember the key card. Yeah. Man, we're going to eat massive crow. And when 907 Heath comes bopping up with that key card, and it's going to be the, the key <laughs> Too to late. the future. <laughs> Too late, man. They're so far past that key card. Nah, Angela, she's seen all the episodes. She's going to bring it back. She remembers <laughs> Heath. I just can't imagine what a key card would do for anybody at this point. But yeah, yeah. who knows? What do you think of Daryl's double knife zombie style fighting? I thought that was kind of cool. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Daryl's Daryl's the action hero, you know. Wild, wildcat style, wildcat style. It's good stuff. Yeah, gonna get the zombies. Uh, I appreciated the the nostril close up in this shot. Just shoot right up the nose. That's what I like <laughs> yeah, to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And especially as a character's dying, it's their final moment, and all I can think is, God, they're shooting right up that poor kid's nose. That's the one. And I agree with you. I didn't give a shit about Ken and his death, um, but I really liked the. Uh, the other characters getting to like take that moment because it, that tells in storytelling that unlike previous seasons, like death has become a moment again. Like they've gotten so good at surviving and kind of thriving that like, it's not an everyday occurrence that someone dies anymore. And now this, this, this character, and it's like a real blow. Um, uh, and man, I wish some of the other characters from previous seasons had gotten this kind of moment. Um, yeah. Like a Denise or somebody, you know? Uh, yeah. Somebody. Yeah, a couple people along the way we've lost. Maybe didn't get a lot of fanfare. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to undermine that by putting people in peril at every turn. Like you know, in this episode, no fewer than three people were threatened with death, uh, and I mm-hmm. feel like that's an every episode occurrence. And so it's kind of hard to like yeah. forget the idea that oh, we could actually be in danger here when every yeah. week three people are in danger. Yeah, but I think that's also something that like. 
I, I get the opinion that like in the last year or so, things have been peaceful. Like they've they had mm-hmm. really cool ideas. Like they had a, a walkie-talkie repeater station, so it's like they could actually do long-distance communication and stuff. And that got. But now these things are all threatened. The bridges are out. The the took out the walkie. So it, it's they're they're back to more survival mode. So like it's again, it's it's pretty efficient storytelling to show that these characters have gotten and gotten comfortable. And but now Walking Dead started again. So yes, several people are going to be threatened every week. And here's the logical reasons why the change has occurred. Right. It's more more than I expect from this show, for sure. All right. Then Maggie has to tell the parents of the dead kid what happened. And the dad's just sad, but the mom's pissed. And she speaks her mind about her kid dying and the saviors eating their food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Butler. I, I was going to say, uh, I in my seen... notes, I have who is this woman? I recognize her. That yeah, makes she sense. was... She was uh, had a pretty notable appearance in season two of Leftovers. Uh, uh, right, she did. Yeah, didn't she? She's the one that put the uh, old uh, Christopher Eccleston naked up on an RV, or was uh-huh. part part of that whole plot. Um, yeah, no, it's nice to see her. Uh, that nice to see her getting some some cool work in the late stage of her career. Yeah, middle stage. I don't know. Pro- probably late. She's had she's, she's had a hard there. life. That's what I'm saying. She's, okay. she's 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 had she's put a lot of miles on the tires. Gotcha. Perfect for the zombie apocalypse show. All right, yeah. the kid's funeral begins with a song, and that's the only part of it we see right Boston now. Boston Rob gets to do some some yodeling, yeah. Uh, so they're 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 traveling hundreds of miles. <laughs> I don't know if it's hundreds of miles. They're going into D.C. risking life and limb to get mm-hmm. a whole bunch of rotted wood and rusting metal. Can they? Can we really be affo- affording? burying people in coffins can we not just like dig graves for these people and put them in the ground where do you think they got the wood that was all that rotten wagon wood <laughs> I, I, i'm saying like you got a community yeah. over here who can't grow shit because the ground's so terrible maybe put a couple bodies in the ground get some compost and some nutrients back in that soil instead of like preserving them underground in boxes when they can yeah, use man. the wood I've always thought that's one of the things I, I've I've always wanted to see because I think that this zombie apocalypse would change burial customs for sure, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and traditions and stuff. But I don't know, maybe it's an idea that they're, they're trying to, to hold on to the old ways, or maybe Gregory did a collection for it because you know this seems like a, a naked political move on his part. I mean, you could um, definitely hold on to the old ways. Like, I'm not opposed to having a funeral. I'm not opposed to like burying uh, the bodies because. People yeah. get very sentimental about that, and I understand. Mm-hmm. But do we need to put them in in wood caskets? Yeah, like thick. I mean, these are like two by fours they're using for this. Case. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a sturdy casket. Uh, so then Rick goes to the sanctuary and is greeted mostly with open arms, except for the rebel graffiti on the wall in support of Negan's ethos. Yeah the the savior. So the savior civilians. Do you think there's a little bit of like? they've been in a cult of personality so long that they're just ready to start a new cult of personality. Like, you know, Rick is this new mm-hmm. savior. Um, I'm not sure what they're going for that or just that like people just like Rick is this fucking legendary figure, like a George, he's like the George Washington of this community. Um, and, you know, like George Washington, nece- uh, from my readings of history, didn't necessarily campaign to be uh, like, you know, his larger than life figure that everyone respected. He just kind of got that naturally and kind of uncomfortable about it. But I, I, I kind of buy that. Mm-hmm. But then also there's a couple of, you know, uh, Neganites that, uh, uh, you know, to, to the privileged class, uh, equality feels like oppression and they're being oppressed because they don't have the, the, the Negan wa- women room to take advantage of and all the perks of being being one of Negan's henchmen. Um, it seems like they're the ones 
probably organizing this. And Daryl has no yeah. idea how to Daryl has no idea how to fight against this. No, he doesn't. Um, the, yeah. The, yeah. So you bring up an interesting point, you know, about the I guess the people who are willing to just sort of fall in line behind Rick, um, who, you know, were under Negan's thumb for so long. I feel like say what you want about Negan. He was a strong leader. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> dictator type leader, but mm-hmm. there has to be some sort of comfort in just being told what to do, I think, and doing it and and trusting, you know, that the leader will figure it out. And I think those people are probably so accustomed to that lifestyle that, yeah, many of them probably would just want to fall in line behind the next guy, uh, the next person who, you know, steps up as the leader. It seems like the that Rick is a little bit selfish here because, like, from a leadership standpoint, it seems like what should happen is him, baby, a uh, little ass kicker, and Michonne go move to the the Savior's complex, the sanctuary, and then because it's like is that Alexander pretty much run itself, and you've got like Daryl wants to be there anyway, and you got like Daryl and Rosita and some other stalwart still around that can just run that place, mm-hmm. um, and then Rick, like you know, with his uh, plus, I don't think Maggie gives as much guff to helping out the sanctuary if Rick is over there like you know trying to um i think he's a better leader than daryl i i just feel like oh, yeah. why haven't they talked about reshuffling this a little bit except for i think rick feels like he's trying to get out of politics mm-hmm. like he doesn't want to be the leader anymore right and, and maggie but, makes that point later on in the episode like oh you said it was you know you were going to step back and you yeah. never did and yeah. and you know maybe that's not his own fault maybe he couldn't because people just sort of latched onto him right. as the leader like the George Washington but, type but, but then like, he should have lead she should she should he should have leaned into that for a couple of years i think and yeah. then done the George Washington thing like up oh, two terms i'm done i'm handing yeah. it off to the next generation assholes are going to fuck it up yeah and i think there might be something too like he doesn't want to take Judith into that environment because it's still a rough environment right like they don't have the food they need. They don't have a lot of the amenities and a lot of the uh, comforts that, you know, the other communities have. So maybe there's a little concern that Judith would not be as well taken care of there or that mm. she might even be potentially in danger. I mean, after all, he is the guy that killed the leader of this community. Yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, so we go back to the funeral. And Gregory delivers a speech about the kid and says he's grateful to still be here, essentially. So he's not a fighter. He's an essential worker. <laughs> Maggie should have had more uh, personal zombie protection equipment. She 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 uh-huh. she knew the zombie threat was still out there, and he sent him out there without without a with heavy denim, leather jacket, boots. We know the formula. We know Knee what pads. works. <laughs> Yeah, we know, and, and she's 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 willfully sending him out there without that equipment. What the fuck? Yeah, you know, pointy we, sticks. We, we, we quarantined their blacksmiths because the the our government was supposed to take take advantage of the opportunity to beef up our defenses, and they did nothing. I am on I'm on Team Gregory. <laughs> F- fuck Maggie. Vote her out next cycle. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So the the sanctuary then asks for more resources resources and rick promises that they'll have them and then uh daryl takes rick aside and says he no longer wants to lead the sanctuary he lays out the infrastructural challenges he's facing and says he wants to go to hilltop rick tries to talk him into coming to alexandria but daryl is not interested 
I love Daryl's like, uh, you know, Rick's like, hey, we got some exciting new heirloom sorghum. And Daryl's like, man, 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 it's, it's going to fail. This is a goddamn <laughs> factory, man. Nothing grows here. Like, I just, I just uh-huh. love how, like, he's just telling it like it is. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, you're trying to grow crops on an EPA Superfund site. What the hell? That's not going to work. Sewing it on black. Like, that's a problem. You're trying to grow corn on blacktop, man. Ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to his credit, you know, he acknowledges the challenges and the problems. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Maggie later on and tries to get some of those things paved over. Um, yeah. But, you know, they can only give so much. And I think Maggie's yeah. at the end of her rope after events of this episode. For sure. Uh, so Gregory tries to ingratiate himself with the family of the dead boy by offering an alcoholic's wife some booze in his presence. And she drinks up maybe a little too much. She's taken to bed so she can sleep. And Gregory offers to sit and chat with her husband. Gregory is such just every move he makes is so fucking obvious. And oh, yeah. it's, it's a miracle that the hilltop didn't throw him over long before Maggie Green darkened their door. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, and the thing is, is I was worried the whole time, like, oh, God, this is going to set up a whole plot about, like, Maggie, what to do. <laughs> it's going to be eight episodes. And then I was pleasantly surprised that uh, none yeah. of that shit happened. And we've already been through that is the worst part. Like, if you yeah, if you had yeah, done yeah. this again this season, it's yeah. it's too much. Like, how many tries, how many so new know, chances can you give Gregory? It's the Angela King regime. It's, it's, it's everything's brand new. It's morning. Mm-hmm. It's morning in The Walking Dead. Uh, this is the talky part of the episode where, you know, Gregory Gregory does a little talking. Uh, Carol does a little talking, sits down with Daryl, mm-hmm. and they talk about how corny the Tiger King is. And then she offers to take him, uh, take over the sanctuary for him, putting some distance between her and who I'm going to dub now as the marriage king. <laughs> uh, he's a failed marriage dictator. Uh, yeah. Is, 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 is the, the bottom line. Threw um, off the shackles of oppression. <laughs> And yeah. denied his request. Yeah. Um I like this. I want to see I want to see Carol take over the sanctuary. Uh-huh. Rambo Carol can absolutely whip the sanctuary in shape. Oh Hell yeah. yeah. She's tougher than any of them. She's tougher than Daryl. <laughs> She's tougher than Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody the sanctuary's got. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I got a couple of good scenes between Carol and Daryl. Also, like yeah, also that old Daryl Carol chemistry. I thought, uh-huh. like, man, it's like, uh, is this the longest running will they, won't they? Because I, I kind of like written Daryl off as a kind of like an, an asexual type figure. That was back but in like then season he did four, see, wasn't it? Yeah, and then like, but there was like some when he found out that uh, Ezekiel proposed to him, he's like, what? Huh? Huh? And like, but it's like, is that like you know he doesn't think like Ezekiel's good enough for his mom? Is that because he still like has a little kind of covert feelings and they snuggle up at the end? It's cute. I don't, I don't know yeah. what to think about it. I'm, call, I'm, call I'm willing him, to to wait. Yeah. Calling him Pookie or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Got Pookie little Pooh. pet nicknames for each other. I, I don't know. It, it's good. It, it's interesting because it doesn't come off as like a romantic thing to me. It, it comes off hmm. as like a some platonic but intimate relationship that they have, yeah. which I, I thought was... <laughs> You know, a little more nuanced than a lot of the relationships uh, that I see on television. Sure. And of course, they've been building this for seven, eight seasons now. Mm hmm. Good work when you got characters like that. So Gregory gets the alcoholic father of the dead boy drunk and fills his head with seditious thoughts. Um, it, and it, it really struck me 
the Maggie just does not really see this happening. And I, uh. I don't, I don't know why, what, after all the shit that happened, what was it last season with Gregory is season eight? Where, I mean, multiple seasons. It, oh, I, I mean, yeah, since Gregory stepped yeah, onto yeah. the scene, but like specifically last time, didn't he try and organize like some coup? He, I, he was thrown in a jail. I don't remember how he got out of it, or maybe there's just like a blanket amnesty after all the shit that went down between the communities. But yeah, he was in jail with the saviors for a yeah. time. And uh, I, I I don't know, but like you know that she those that that couple was angry at Maggie, and she was giving them their space. And Gregory, like she kind of like is trying to see if he can turn a new leaf. I I, I but I, why? I, I That's the biggest question: is why does she keep giving Gregory chances? Like yeah. just banish him. We've we've got a precedent yeah. of banishment in this sure. show. Just banish him to the wilderness and be dead in a he would a he'd, just, he'd, just, he'd just stay outside the walls and front gates crying is what the problem would be. Yeah, and then he'd track all the the, the zombies, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah, you'd you'd have a uh-huh. problem with your walls. But yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's interesting. Go. Some of these lines uh, like, you know, I'm angry to see a lot of people's lives being treated as the price of doing someone else's business. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, then we go to another talkie scene, this time in bed with Michonne asking Rick if he thinks they did the right thing by keeping Negan alive. She proposes that they develop an agreement between all the communities, and Rick agrees. This agreement she does not want to call a constitution. Uh, yep. and I they don't need, blame they, her. They need, the, they need the charter, which I'm excited. I can't wait to see. Like uh, That's a pretty... It's an interesting preamble. Uh, this is what we believe. This is how we treat each other. This is what happens when we don't. I'm very I'd love to see how these guys remake a, a, a judicial code um, yeah. from scratch. Like it's 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 pretty exciting. I really hope they dig into this and, and we get to see some of the political process. And honestly, man, they could really get some Game of Thrones slash Expanse vibe going if they really get into the machinations mm-hmm. of, of that, like the, the political jockeying and the what if and all this other stuff. And, you know, they say like bad uh, you, you get bad law, like bad cases lead to bad law, like, you know. Um, you're going to see a lot of that. Like uh, you, you, you want to have these firm laws, but then you want to have exceptions. And it's I, I hope they really lean into that because I think that's the stuff that's really interesting about these apocalyptic stories. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they create a patchwork of a belief system from these people who are very, very different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is, is Tiger King going to want to give up any of his power, you know? Sure. Sure. It's like uh, it's, it's uh, this is like I said, it's fascinating history, man. Fascinating mm-hmm. history. And a good scene. I mean, Rick, Rick and Michonne have always been, th- if not the best couple on this show, a very close second. I don't know what you would call Carol and Daryl, but they've had some really good chemistry and stuff. Yeah. So. Maggie and Glenn start off right. But then they they fucking they did so much stupid yeah. shit in the, the middle seasons. That I kind of was off that before Glenn got his brains bashed in. But yeah. But yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're have been consistently good. Apex couple, power couple. Yep. All right, Gregory and Maggie happen on each other in the night, and Gregory, well, kind of. I, I feel like Gregory. Ma- Maggie pushing this. a stroller through two foot high grass <laughs> when there's a path six feet away from her. I'm like, what the hell? You try yeah. to get chiggers. You try to get chiggers, Maggie, because that's how you get chiggers. Your ankles are going to be red and inflamed. Little Herschel is going to be scratching and crying. What the hell? Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to beat the bush through here? Uh, I don't know. Use the sidewalks, damn it. She maybe she's looking for a change of scenery. She's used the sidewalk for 
Long time. Yeah, she's looking for those snakes in the grass, and she found one. She sure did. One jumped right up. Yep. Yeah, so Gregory says someone to face Glenn's grave, which, of course, Maggie then hurries off to get a look and find someone waiting to attack her. What a shit heel. Oh, yeah. Uh, A couple other community members step in to help her, and Edith is... It gets busted up. Like, she falls and oh, cracks man. her skull. Ends up in a wheelchair by the end of this episode. Stage three concussion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, then Maggie goes to Gregory and accuses him of trying to have her killed. So, he tries to defend himself, uh, you know, with a knife. But Maggie takes it away, refuses to kill him with it. I love her, like, line delivery of, of, like, you know, he's like, I built this place. She's like, you can't even murder a person right. And then... <laughs> And you're too chicken shit to do yourself. And when he finally does, like, because I'm like, when he pulled the knife, I'm like, there's no way. No way he takes out Maggie Green. She's mm-hmm. just going to whip his ass. And she did. It was oh, yeah. great. It was great. Uh, and I, I like that she doesn't kill him here because the public, you, you could see an execution in the dark all alone. Oh, yeah. Being, being A, a fitting way for Gregory to go, but B, being very divisive in the community like you did this under the cloak of night you didn't tell anyone why did it happen are we to believe you when you tell us why it happened the grieving parents are central figures in this drama and what are they going to say like no maggie's fucking smart herschel did not raise a fool before the apocalypse after the apocalypse she's shining like a gem Mm uh yeah i like i like maggie uh so then carol says goodbye to the 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 ppze but you know (laughs) yeah right um, but Carol says goodbye to the Tiger King as she leaves for the sanctuary, and it seems he's okay with moving at her speed, which it seems like he's always been okay with that. Yeah, except for when he decides he wants to move in with her and propose marriage, and you know, it's like, that's one reason she's running away, dude, because you won't fucking... You know, she yeah. asked you one thing, don't propose marriage to me, and you did it. <laughs> you did it, and especially under the, like a life and death circumstance, it seems like... Hmm. You know, it's like someone says, hey, I don't ever want a surprise birthday party, especially especially if I were to like survive stage four breast cancer and just get out of chemo. And then you pop the question to him right as they get out of the cancer ward. It's like, yeah, I just that's, I just told you not to do that. Come on, Ezekiel. Yeah, everybody's taking it with remarkably good humor, though. Like, I I don't know how to feel about it because like Carol doesn't seem overly bothered by the proposal. Right. It's like it's not she doesn't get angry about it. She's just like, yeah. You know, we we talked about this. It's not going to happen right now. But, yeah, you and know, it, it's super cute when he calls her Lady Carol. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's so good. It's so stupid, but so good too. Oh yeah. And she kind of like she sees it too. Like she rolls her eyes, but also it's like she kind of likes being called Lady Carol. So Daryl's escorted to the hilltop by Rick and Michonne, who find Maggie waiting for them with a few cuts and bruises. Uh, they don't really discuss what happened, which I assume means. Rick doesn't know what happened there. Oh, unless they discussed I f- it off off screen. Well, I so Rick came there as with an agenda, and I don't think she. But but she has got a busted up face. Like yeah. I, I think you're supposed to understand that when she gives the, you know, you said you'd soon be following me. That didn't happen because I wasn't one to follow. But now that changes. Now, like you're supposed to believe that she then like tells him, "Hey, this is the way it's going to be on the hilltop." Um. But it doesn't make sense that Rick would just kind of like go up, bounce, you know, little Herschel on his knee and just say nothing about her face being busted up and the cut on her face and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. eh, Which makes me think maybe they talked about it over the walkie or something like Rick already knew about it coming to this place. And I did. Yeah, I don't really need them to belabor that. Like uh, the the, the, we we know and, and Rick knows and he's there at the execution. So, 
I, I guess I just wish it was clearer whether or not Rick did know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he, he plays with Herschel and asks her to visit Alexandria and she refuses and asks what else he came here for. So Rick asks her for help fixing the bridge. She offers. Well, she doesn't refuse. She says, yeah, but they need to supply all the labor and fuel. That seems Well, no, fair. So she initially refuses. And then Rick is oh, like, right, right, right. you know, we need help fixing the bridge. And then this is when Maggie sort of like um, realizes that she is going to use the leverage she's had all along um, to get something. And, and stop being, you know, what Rick describes as generous. She's officially over being generous specifically with Negan's people. Yeah, and I think that's entirely fair. Like, if they provide, like, you know, we'll provide all the material and the food, but they need to do all the manpower. Uh, and that give seems us all like a pretty fuel. What, what? Yeah. What the fuck do they need? Like, you know what? That seems, again, more. That seems that seems fair. I don't know what this, the situation on the ground, but like, you know, why do they need corn fuel more? Like, I don't know. Like, if, if, if all they're producing yeah. is shit that's only fit for corn or for, for oil and the uh, the hilltops got food and blacksmithing and labor and like, yeah, why why doesn't the sanctuary provide the one thing they have, which is surplus labor? It looks like there are a lot of people sitting around eating, putting the work. Mm hmm. Yeah, I wonder how uh, far down like a class divide road they're going to go with this stuff. I don't know if they'll get there this season, but certainly you could see like, okay, well, the hilltop has all of the the food wealth, um, has a lot of the skills wealth. And then you look at, you know, the sanctuary who has like the manufacturing capabilities Mm -hmm. and how are those how are those elements of a functioning society going to mesh together? Who gets yeah. to benefit from that? Like so it's many interesting po- questions they're yeah. setting up here. So much more interesting than them sweaty running through woods, man. Because you got the <laughs> politics, like, they you got judicial system, economics. Yeah, like economics. Like you know, yeah. is a bushel of a bushel of tomatoes worth a gallon of ethanol? Fair question. How, how is 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 at, is a hundred hours of manual labor worth like you know a wagon full of of beef? Like that's mm-hmm. you, that's one of the things we invented markets to to kind of uh, adjudicate. Are they going to have a fun, some kind of functional market? Uh, is Maggie Green going to be like a Wall Street shark? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> she gets a black shot. Manipulating she's, she's, the price of sorghum. Yeah, she gets a blackboard that has you know shares of sorghum and shares of co- uh, uh-huh. of, of, of pig iron, and yeah, she's going to be erasing them at night and jacking them. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, can't wait. Sorghum's really down this week, but rotted wagon wheels, oh, they're way up. Yeah, the blacksmith feels like uh, Maggie wants a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> We need to st- we need to go back to the museum and get plans for a monocle because Maggie needs one and a top like hat. Apparently, if, if anybody's going to get a monocle, it's going to be Gabriel, right? <laughs> Over his bad eye, Over yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it gives me uh, an air of sophistication. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So then Maggie has Gregory hanged in front of several children. <laughs> Accidentally. Accidentally, yeah. Michonne's going to stop it. Oh my god! Also, mm-hmm. like. Has Lori risen from the grave and babysitting these children? Oh, like, yeah. Did, did was yeah. did every adult come out to see this execution? Did no one stay and watch the children in a post-apocalyptic zombie-infested <laughs> world? What the fuck? Children what? sneak out. It's what they the, do. The, 
Gabriel needs to come and banish the ghost of Lori. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to sling some holy water, uh, you know, <laughs> power Christ, whatever it takes, because this can't stand. Yeah. I'm not going to be having six year olds wandering out in a zombie apocalypse. Get a fucking babysitter. Absolutely. Uh, that's Mary. Mary Apocalyptic Poppins needs to come in blowing on a, a, a foul wind. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's the episode. Yeah. And uh, we're recording these a little bit in advance because we uh, uh, we wanted to get a, a little bit ahead on the schedule. So we, we would know that we could uh, do this kind of uh, off-season coverage without any troubles. So we don't have any feedback, of course. Um, but uh, I think we'll probably be considering feedback maybe at the half-season mark. We can just do like a, a, a open up the mailbag and check it out. So if you want to send that in, it's uh, walkingdead at baldmove.com. Um, and... Uh, at the very we, least, we're we're going to be doing you know feedback when we get to the season eleven coverage. <laughs> I guess I, are we going to start with the season ten finale that hasn't aired yet? I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but we're recording this during our own mini apocalypse here. Yeah, uh, I've got my full on apocalypse hair going. <laughs> I, <laughs> Me too. I, I don't know what the plan is for our coverage. We haven't really talked about that finale of season ten yet. Well, our our plan is we're going to do season nine, and then <laughs> we're going to see how it goes. And then we'll come up with a plan for season 10. We'll see how that goes. And then I don't think, are you committing to season 11 coverage? I mean, I, I, I don't know that I can commit to that because it's two seasons out, but like that's yeah. going to be the next thing that's airing. That's current for people listening. to yeah. this. So like, yeah, 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 I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how far we get if we catch up. Uh, Cause it would be kind of cool to be able to do, you know, the season 10 finale live if, if we wanted to do that kind of thing, but I have no idea. Like it's like, everything's up in the air. Like everything's trying to reopen right now, but we'll see what people's stomach is when the zombies start getting people. Cause we don't have adequately, we don't have any PZPE. Like there's not nearly enough. And I think people are going to get zombied and uh, mm-hmm. it's tragic. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, I can promise we'll be back next week with episode two. And uh, I can't wait to see like if and when the wheels are going to fall off this rotten, <laughs> rotten Constantinoga wagon. wagon. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>